Hello, I am Joel Ingram, and this is Crisis to Crushing It podcast. Let's dive into this week's talk, and I'll help to increase perspective, expand perception, and allow you to change your reality. Enjoy the show. Hey, Tyler. Yo! <laughs> How we doing? How you doing, brother? I'm good, man. You? Good. What it's time is it there? It is six o'clock. PM. Yep. And what uh, what what town are you in? Uh, Sydney town. Cardiff. Shire. <laughs> There's a lot of shires. Huh? <laughs> no, that's that's across the border in England. Uh, I'm I'm Wales. I am. Oh, Wales. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So there's like uh, castles and there's some castles, right? Yeah, man. Yeah. Cool. I'm sorry. I'm completely ignorant to Wales. It's all good. Not a lot of people know what it is, actually. But, uh, they usually think I sound Australian or Irish. <laughs> yeah. No Irish. I wouldn't think Australian. You're way too, uh, too um, what's the word? Uh, not um, you're not as you're not as uh, overbearing and 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 harsh <laughs> like Aussies. Well, that's okay. I'll take it as a compliment. <laughs> yeah. They got a little. Uh, they let, they've got a lot of fire under them, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I just been checking out some of your stuff, man, online. Uh, cool. Some of your videos. Yeah, you uh, so you see, uh, you're a doctor. Yes. Well, cool, man. You, you see any of the, the videos? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, I like the, the last one. Or... The last yeah. one where you said, "I don't care. I'm going to record in here anyway." <laughs> <laughs> so it was for a while. I was on a run, probably like four or five months ago. I was like, every day during my lunch break, I'd shoot a video somewhere in the cath lab or, and then administration called me in one day and they were like, Tyler, we, we need, <laughs> there's stuff all over Facebook and social media and it has our hospital logo on it. We're going to have to ask that you not do that anymore. And I was like, okay. And they were like, by the way, everyone in, in California knows that's our hospital. You, <laughs> you find a different part of the hospital to do it. And I was like, Okay, so I don't really care anymore. No, you passed it, you. I'm past it. How's <laughs> it going? Oh, what good? What's oh? <laughs> what uh? What do you do in Wales? Your Me, dad, obviously. Yeah, dad of three. Mm -hmm. uh, husband. Uh, I'm an aircraft engineer by trade. Mm -hmm. So uh, the podcast and helping people is what sets me alight. Mm -hmm. What made you want to start this? Uh, it was something that's been nagging probably for about a couple of years. Actually, when I first started to get into my own self-awareness, mm -hmm. um, my own self-awareness journey. Um, and I, thought, I played with it, and I thought be, I was curious. And then one day I just dived in and thought, yeah, I'm going for it. Let's have, a, let's have a crack. Was there like one thing that happened where you were like, I need to – like start spreading a message or reach out to people? Um, it was, having, even though I knew 
that I wanted to do it, it was always a financial aspect of holding me back with my commitments, my family. Mm-hmm. But it, my wife, my wife is super supportive. <laughs> so, so she's like, you know, I think I, I saw an advert with them. Um, I don't know if you ever heard a London reel. Oh yeah. With uh, Brian Rose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I did my, uh, my broadcast yourself course with him. Um, oh, cool. So yeah, so that was pretty cool. But she just sort of, I showed her the course that was on offer and I just left it in the air. I didn't say nothing. And when I come back, she'd signed it. She'd signed up. She'd signed, she'd signed me up and it was like two and a half grand. So I was like, oh no. That's great. Did it, did it, it helped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It gives you the, it's intense. It's super intense. It's like, I think it's either eight or 12 weeks. So you go from nothing to concept to implementation. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was very intense. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm here now. I'm on iTunes. There's loads of work I've got to do. Uh-huh. But it's, it's, it's not work when you enjoy the process. <laughs> yeah, definitely. You know? mm-hmm. so I agree. It's, it's, yeah. Uh, and this all started for me um, around sharing my... Originally, this podcast was called uh, The Midlife Crisis Man. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, but it, I was people were getting confused as to whether they were supposed to be having the crisis coming on, but, but it was it was more about I'm the you know what I mean I'm the man going through the crisis you know, right? Um, so then I brainstormed some names in a mastermind I'm part of, and they come up with crisis to crush in it. Which, I like it. Yeah, me too, man. Uh, so yeah, it's it's yeah it's it's more about my vibe as well. So because the other one was a bit dark apparently, so. Yeah, I saw that and I was like, huh. <laughs> I'll, have to, I'll have to ask him about that. <laughs> so, yeah. So, a few a few years, my story is a few years ago, uh, I sort of hit this where you start to question everything you do. And um, mm. I become aware that I was just making things, I personally was seemed to be making life difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was also aware that the things that were making it difficult with things that I had control over, but the things that were stopping me was in my head. Mm. You know? So I, I, I was, yeah, I, I think the read, the books I was reading got me to that point. Mm-hmm. But up until that point, I was just frustrated as hell and didn't know, didn't, you know, wasn't following anything through. I was into training, but I wasn't, I never stuck to anything. I never kept at it. Um, I've had a big, a big shift. So all for the positive. And I just want to get this message out there that, People don't need to settle, you know. Don't settle for mediocre when you can be freaking awesome, like you know. That's that's my exact message. <laughs> really, part of it when people ask, like, "What do you do?" It's like I was talking to uh, my wife Laura, and it's like I help men not settle and not live the way lives. I swear to God, I haven't read that on your thing or nothing else. Off a cuff, straight honest. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, I mean, in, you're in, you're in one awesome shape, mate. Fair play to you. Watching you training. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, thank you. I, I don't, I don't. Right now, I'm probably in the worst shape I've ever been in my entire life. But you know, it's peaks and valleys. You know. Yeah. Peaks and valleys. And a lot of this is left over from college football. Oh, okay. Right? 
Yeah, it's kind of, it kind of stays, I think it stays with you a little bit, but yeah. That's cool. So, so what have you got going on right now? I know you've got that uh, yeah. life wellness. Right. So do you want to, do you want to just mix up and tell us a little bit about what's going on with that? So I know first sure. of January is a big date for you. Yeah. So this kind of, so about two years ago, this is funny. You're talking about crisis, midlife crisis or whatever that really even is. I don't, some people define it as different things, but I was going, I went through a, Oh man, very bad, bad period. And so I'm in the medical field. I'm going through a, you know, a breaking up a, um, a relationship and basically going through a divorce. And I was like, something hit me and I was like, I hate my job. I hate it. Like it's cool helping people and making money and all that, but I'm like, I hate it. And I was, so I was like, I did this really drastic thing. I was like, I'm going to go to business school for just a couple semesters and just, and just see what it's all about. And so I paid this ass load of money just to go to business school for a semester. And like literally all I needed was the first week. They're like, what, what do you want to do? Like, what do you want to do? And I was like, they're like, what are you good at? So I kind of figured out this thing. They're like, what could you talk endlessly about on a Saturday night? And then what would your worst enemies say you're good at? What have you been doing since you were a child? And what have you been doing for the last 10 years of your life? And now you find the sweet spot in the middle. And I was like, what would my worst enemies say I'm good at? Well, they'd say I'm fit, I'm healthy, you know, everything in that realm. I could talk endlessly about health, fitness, nutrition, that sort of thing. And then you kind of, I found the sweet spot. I'm like, you know, I'm in the medical profession, but that the healthcare kind of carries over into wellness, right? And yeah. I was like, I, I, and, and for 10 years, I mean, I'm carrying my bags around and everyone's like, what's in your bag? What, what do you eat, man? Like something's wrong with you. What kind of workouts are you doing? Cause even you can eat chocolate cake and still, you know, you look fine. And so I was like, okay, I need to turn this into like a business. And somehow, you know, I heard all these people saying stoked. And I remember stoked saying it even, you know, in high school and college. And I'm like, I just want to be stoked about life again. And that just kind of came on the stoked life. And I thought, okay, I'll, I'll coach some people who come to me and say, hey, you know, this isn't free anymore. Let's, uh, you know, first it catered towards medical people who are super busy. And I was like, medical people aren't, they're not on social media that much. So then it kind of, I was like, what, I'm a dad. Like, there's loads of dads that are coming to me that need help. And it's kind of, I used to do like more one-on-one -on -one coaching, but I realized you can give these people loads of information. You could give them the best workout, the best nutrition, follow up with them every day, get on Zoom calls, but you know what? Kind of like you mentioned earlier, you're still not going to do the work. Right? I hear you. <laughs> they have the tactics, they have the information, but it's all about implementing that. So I'm like, I need to do something a little bit different. And I feel like if I bring these men together in a group and do, you know, have them all doing the same, kind of like, uh, kind of like CrossFit, except 
they're not in the gym together doing the same workout, but have these guys in a group together doing the same workout, doing the same nutrition, posting their workouts, posting pictures of their meals, and me going in there every day talking about a different topic, whether it's mindset or family or struggles with relationships or nutrition. I was like, this is going to bring these guys together and they may actually start doing the freaking work. Nice. I like it. So we're going to see. It's going to be a completely different model, but I need to bring these, you know, instead of checking people's meals, you know, 20 clients and seeing their meals every day, I need to be able to bring them all together so that they can all see everyone's, each other's stuff. Yeah, sooner or later, time's going to become uh, something you've got less of. If you keep yes. working one-on-one -on -one and, and, yeah, I, yeah, I get that. So, yeah, I think community, community definitely the way forward. Yes. Uh, it's, yeah, hoping, hoping people that can be, obviously, if, if they're in your community already, they're engaged enough to want the change. Because what I found is the people, sometimes I coach, uh, they, they, they say they want to change, but the actions say otherwise. Going back to what you just said, you know. What do you think is the biggest thing that makes a man change? For, for, for me, it was family. Realizing how I was impacting my family. Because my, I was a frustrated, angry, 40-year-old you know, 40 man, you know. Um, and I was aware it was impacting my family life. And I sort of, yeah, whether it was the books I was reading or whatever I was hearing at the time, I'd become aware that if I, I, I could change, but I just didn't know how. So then I sort of changed myself then. Not, I, you know, I haven't got to where I am now all off my own back. I mean, I, I had coaches, I had mentors, I've had, you know, uh, therapists I've gone to see and all sorts. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's a long road. Yes. But certainly worth it. Definitely. Yeah. I don't think, it, <clears throat> this is another thing, I think, I don't, like, I'm becoming more aware of people that are, are feeling the same way as what you just described of not knowing wanting wanting something different they're bored of their job and i think from what i'm becoming more aware of is the fact that they're not in the circles where they can hear the information they need to hear right because then you've got say if there's i don't know uh, say say 10 percent of the population thinks the way you and i do we're in a population of 100 percent of people or you know 99 percent of population thinking the way they think. Do you know what I mean? So it's like you're being, you're a minority in a larger majority that mm -hmm. thinks a completely different way. Right. And then it's just finding those people, those little, uh, those little, those little moments or conversations you have with someone where you actually open up and then, yeah. and then magical, magical things happen. You know, it's sometimes <laughs> the conversations are crazy and someone opens up to you and you think, what the bleeding hell's going on here? Yeah, and then, and then you just get it. They start spewing on you, and then you know it all comes out, and then and then a conversation will start. Then, yeah, it's and, and as men, right? We're uh, I don't know. I think we're initially wired to not to keep bottled up, right? And then I I've, I've realized over the past few years, especially you know, in uh, my daughter's nine now, but talking about feelings and struggles is is a strength it's not a weakness like it's you know being vulnerable that's 
it's a strength. And some people may say, oh my God, this guy's, he's constantly talking about his feelings, but you know, the alternative is that you bottle it up and then shit, you know, you burn things to the ground. And the, I think that alternative, that's not a good option. No, I can so glad to hear you say that. And the more people I talk to men that are open to this, the more I'm realizing the empowerment of talking about it. Um, I actually bottle my feelings up. My basically it's my thoughts about issues and things to the point where I made myself ill. Um, I, have you ever had a cluster headaches? Of course, yes. Yeah. The, the, so I used to suffer with them. Like bad, debilitating. I couldn't speak. It was horrendous. I mean, kids see me crying and all sorts. And then one day, something happened in work, and I just spoke my mind instead of keeping a cap on it. No, I wasn't aggressive on anything, but I just spoke how I was feeling. Mm-hmm. What normally would have resulted in me having to go home from work, I, I was fine. So it's sort of the link came then through that awareness of doing it and realizing nobody died, you know, nobody got sacked. Uh, I just thought, okay, if it's that easy, I'll do it again. And I've, I've kept on doing it. Um, That's good. Amazingly freeing. It is. It's liberating, isn't it? Oh, tell you, tell you. Uh, yeah, it's, it's probably one of the most empowering things I've ever done. And I wish I'd been there sooner. Um, and I don't know why I wasn't. <laughs> but everyone's journey is different, I guess. I don't know. For me, I think it's like, for me, I think it's like a, a cultural societal thing. You know, like, don't, if you talk about your feelings, you're not going to be that strong, tough guy that everyone needs you to be. Yeah, I think you're right there. Yeah. I mean, this is down to conditioning probably for, from children, you know, big boys don't cry. That's right. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I think that's part of also why, like, I'm kind of changing the model of, you know, bringing these guys together and knowing that they need they need a community, a culture, environment, because, you know, I've had these guys in my group and I work with them for four months and they get insane results. But then as soon as they're done, like I see them posting on Facebook and I'm like, oh, my gosh, what are you doing to yourself? And then I tell, they're like, they, they contact, they like, dude, I need your help again. And I'm like, what happened? I gave you all the information, all the tools. They're like, as soon as I was done working with you, things went to shambles. I'm like, okay, these guys, they need, they need the environment. And just like you were saying, you know, that 10% or whatever, getting your people around the same, you know, awoken state and, Hell, there's people that I've met that I'm like, this guy is. I think I'm pretty decent. My um, my mind um, mind frame is decent. This guy's like light years ahead of me, and I was like, I need some of what that guy has. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's crazy, isn't it? I mean, uh, it's like that ongoing. No, it's not. It's not even accountability. It's I, yeah, I yeah. I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. It's not. It's not quite accountability. Is this like you said? It's being in. In a, in a community that supports, I suppose it supports what you want and what you need. Yeah. So you, so you're all of a similar mind. Yeah. Because once you get out into the world, it's easy to get lost again. Yeah. Agreed. So, uh, I mean, and, 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 and this, this community you're building, I think it'd be fantastic. So it's great to see, uh, see what you're doing in the world, you know? Thank you. It's, it's sorely needed. Sorely needed. So, um, 
could I just change tack a little bit now? And I know you've uh, discussed your community and, and everything else. And you've sort of touched on how you started um, to business school and they asked you the questions. Recalling when you were younger, what lessons do you think took you longest to learn? When I was younger, what lessons taught me longest to learn? Mm. Honesty. Being honest, always. My mom always, I remember like, She'd say, what? I'm from the South. I don't know if you know anything about the South. They have a little like Southern draw. And she's like, Tyler, you better tell me the truth. <laughs> and now, you know, even when she'd say that, I would still like, oh, I need, I can't tell the truth. I'm going to get in trouble. And even with my daughter, even growing up, I'm like, you need, we, need to, we need to be open and honest in this family. And it didn't hit me until like two or three years ago. Like, I need to be brutally honest. There's no, there's no, no more secrets, no more hiding. So I think learning honesty is the best policy. Like growing up and even in our twenties and thirties, I'm like, Oh my God, I can't tell this person this. They're going to get mad at me. I'm going to get judged. And now here I am, I'm 40. And I'm like, I need to be brutally honest, raw and real. And if it hurts, me or hurt someone else, that's okay, but it needs to be raw and real. And listening. Not always having not always having an answer or an opinion, just being able to listen to people. Because I remember, I mean, in my twenties and thirties, people would ask me questions and I always felt like I needed to have an answer. And now sometimes I think the best answer is no answer. Yeah. Just really listening to people. And especially I've noticed with my, even my patients in the ER, they, they always want an answer. Like, why is this happening? What, what can I do better? And sometimes I'll just, I'll literally sit there and I'll just I'll listen to them. And I'm like, I'm really sorry you're going through this. I don't know what's causing this, but I can imagine it's really difficult. And sometimes and that's all I need and then walk out and not have an answer. And they may not have gotten exactly the answers they wanted, but maybe they got what they needed. I don't know. I think there's a lot to be said for that because that's, you know, you're engaging with them in, in a compassionate way where they know that they're being heard. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's, that's powerful, that is. Especially, I mean, I can't even begin to imagine some of the stuff you've seen and gone through. So to be able to deliver it in that way where they can feel that somebody's listened, heard, and felt them, do you know what I mean? And, and not left them thinking, well, what the bloody hell do I do now? Do you know what I mean? And yeah. You sort of, and especially if, if it's that type of delivery, it's very calm and confident. It's, it's, yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's almost like a suggestion of it'll work out or, yeah. do you know what I'm saying? It's come a long, I've come a long way, believe me. It used to be like, had to have an answer. Yeah. There's got to be an answer. They're asking questions. I need to give them an answer. They deserve an answer. Hmm. Sometimes just listening in silence is the best. I like that. That's good. You mentioned something there, which was quite interesting. You, you mentioned um, about the, being judged. So 
and the need for giving quest uh, giving questions or being honest and then being judged. I wonder how many people that are going to listen to this are actually aware that their fear is they're being judged. And once they be, do become aware of it, I think the first question is how do you get past it? So how would, how do you, how do you think you got past that fear? I don't know that I'm past it. Um, there are days where literally I could, I could, people could say, I mean, as you know, being exposed like this, like your podcast or me being on social media and with my shirt off and trying to help dads get, I mean, I have some people saying some pretty not great things about me. And I remember two years ago, I, I, I go, <laughs> how, or even in the in the ER, I'm like, how could I try to help someone? Maybe I didn't do the best job, but they're, you know, they're saying bad things about me or that cocky white boy or um, that guy's on steroids or, and I'm just like, oh my God, how could they think that about me? And I remember thinking, this is not new. I've had this my entire life. In high school, it was like, I was always concerned what people thought about me. And even though there's something in the back of my head saying, you need to not, people say that, you need to not care what other people think, but how the hell do you do that? And I think I don't, I'm not even there yet, but I get a little bit better every day and it really comes. Um, it comes with creating space for me, putting away the cell phone, getting off of social media and changing my perspective. Uh, it's that's that even saying that is difficult because there's lots of ways to do that. But even with, um, I work with this with my clients. It's like, okay, <laughs> how, how are you feeling? Like, why does this make you feel so bad? What is the pain kind of behind it? This person said something about you. You're arrogant, you're cocky, you're uh, terrible at what you do. Why does that hurt? What's the pain? What's the emotion I feel behind it? And then I try to flip the story. Okay, that's someone's opinion. But think about all the, the hundreds of people that I have. Good things have been said. So what if the story, what if the, that thing that people judging me, what if the story was opposite? And that's where I try to, I cannot, I don't have it perfected. I don't, I, mm -mm. I've got a long ways to go, but I try to turn the story and say, well, wait, that one, that one time I helped that guy do this or the hundred, hundreds of people I did do this good with, um, how did you positively affect their lives? And did they say anything good about you? Or were their families appreciative that you helped their family member? And that's where I've got a lot of, I've got a lot of mind things going on. Um, I don't even know if that's answering the question because I think everyone does it differently. But I do a lot of really um, interesting kind of meditation things too. I'm not talking about like, Let's meditate, Joel. 
I'm talking about meditation where I'm getting like this crazy, silly energy out of me. I'll go out to the park and literally it's kind of barbaric and I'm not like beating myself up, but I'm getting rid of all of these. I almost make myself feel the pain. Like what would happen if you went broke? What would happen if you got sick and you had cancer eating your body alive? What would happen if you let your family down? And I try to feel the pain like inside of my body. And then I tell it to shut up. And then I, re I realize, and then I think of the man that I want to become and as if it's already happened, like all of that stuff was just a lie. That's powerful. And, and it takes on a new waveform every day. Like one day I could like, go out to the park or the next day I could be here. Sometimes I can just be still and imagine it, but it's, it's pretty powerful. And I don't know what even really what to call it, but it helps to put those voices, those stories, those judgments, kind of put them all aside. Yeah. I like, I've never heard it fr framed and suggested the way you've just done it. Because I imagine which, which part. So, so the fact that you actually take yourself to the point where you're feeling the pain, and and you're probably emotionally engage in it. Yeah. Which means you're in it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So we're emotional creatures. So if you're emotionally engaged, then you're feeling it, and then to be able to say, "Okay, you're done now. Go away." Yeah. Then anytime it's you get an emotion you don't enjoy. You can either process it or tell it to go away. Yeah. And that's, it's kind of using pain as, as fuel. Mm -hmm. And, and when I asked you, what do you think changes a man? I think pain changes a man. I think trauma. You, you said, you said my family, but really what behind that? What's behind that? I was going to say that what I was going to say was the fact that when the, when the pain is greater than the current circumstance, that's what I was going to say. But yeah, I framed it as family, but yeah, that's what it was. It was the pain was too much to bear and I needed to change. I think pain and trauma, that's what changes men or human women. I don't know. I would say, I don't know about women. I can't say, but I know men. Yeah. But the judgment thing, what do you, what do you think is the biggest, how do you deal with judgment? Pretty similar to yourself. Um, I, I, I found a place where in the mornings I can get up and I do my yoga. I'm pretty religious with my yoga, which to me allows me to do like a yoga meditation. So I get into the breath and the breathing and I'm in flow. So I'm not really engaging in anything else other than the movement which for me allows me to be less reactive during my day, uh, noticeably so. Uh, and it, it, to the point where if I don't do it, it doesn't take long for the reactive state to kick in. Um, so I look, <clears throat> I'm acutely aware of the difference between reactions and responding uh, and judgments, as you just mentioned, are purely someone's perspective or opinion. It doesn't, just because they give it, and they say it, it doesn't, it doesn't make it true. Right. You know, uh, that's, that's going from my background of NLP and what I understand and what I've learned. 
it allows me to flip it and get a new perspective and it's, it's not always nice to hear. Uh, in fact, some of the greatest growth I've had is from people's giving me their opinion and then feeling the anger and the frustration that goes with their comment and then being indignified and offended and, and everything else. Yeah. And then the, 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 one of the greatest parts was when somebody said something to me and I was really, really super pissed with this guy. Like, I mean, like, <laughs> I was really, really cross. And uh, I actually, when I said, okay, so what is, for him, that statement is true. So what about me makes him think that statement is true? Um, and what I meant was I had, to, I had to look at myself and my actions. And I found that, that, that my frustration and my anger was because there was an element within my day that allowed that opinion to be. Do you know what I mean? I could see where, reflecting on my own behavior through the day, I could say, well, okay, yeah, I'm doing what he said there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, so what I did was I removed that behavior. I took it away. And then the next time he said something to me, it just went right over my head mm-hmm. <laughs> because I'd eliminated the behavior that he was pointing out to me. Interesting. <laughs> but I, you know, I think that's really great of you because you mentioned, you said the word awoken or awaken, but a lot of, a lot of people would not be able to see that behavior and eliminate it or at least eliminate it for a day or two. Right. Mm. Cause if we eliminate it forever, like, wow, we've gotten rid of a bad habit. That's really hard to do. But at least we can be aware. Right. I mean, it is yeah. like, Oh my God, I need to stop doing that shit. This is really affecting me. Other, other people that are noticing it, but it's really difficult to move, remove a behavior. Yeah. I think, I, I think, Oh yeah, the fact that you can do that and even know that, to do that, it's really, man, that's, that's, that's admirable. Actually. Yeah. Well, I'll take the compliment. Uh, yeah. I, I, I said, I haven't got it down, but I'm, I think it, that just comes through self-awareness and, and, and sticking at it and not again, pain. I didn't want that person saying anything to me again that made me feel the way he made me. Cause obviously I'm not, so let me backtrack. Nobody can make you feel anyway. You make yourself feel in the way you do to the stories you tell yourself in your head. So I didn't want to put myself through that anymore. So the pain was too much. So I decided that's enough. Uh, and I try and look at most judgments, opinions, perspectives that way. If someone's particularly difficult with their opinion or the way they are, I tend to just show them compassion because generally when people act out or are difficult, they've got bigger issues than work. Agreed. Agreed. Part of the, you said your meditation yoga, there's part of right before my little ritual that I told you where I put myself through the pain and you're talking about NLP. I literally, (laughs) I can't believe it. Oh man! I literally tap, I tap on my chest like a like a a wild animal, and I say, "I don't give up about what anyone thinks about me." And I say it over and over. I don't give up about what anyone says about me, just like this. And all of these negative things, these um, or um, I said this in back in February. I'm building my kingdom, and my wife is coming. 
And like, these are like real things that I was, if you say it and you believe it long enough, it's gonna, it starts to trickle and you're like, yeah, this, this, I don't give a F about what anyone's thinking. Um, but it starts and, and look what happened. I mean, February, I'm saying this, I'm building my kingdom and my wife is coming and I, I just got married. <laughs> Congratulations, by the way. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it was incredible. But that's part of my meditation. And it's not yours as yoga or in deep breathing or whatever, but you know, there's lots of different meditations, right? Oh yeah. A lot of people think it's just sitting and breathing and being quiet, but boy, that's uh, when I got that out of my head and I was like, wait, I can actually move and pound on my chest and envision like me on the top of a mountain crushing all these stupid stories. I'm like, that's a really good meditation. Yeah, I like that one. I think I might adapt that one. <laughs> and that's what's great about it. You, you can make it your own, right? Yeah. And that, and I think adding that to this program, to working with guys, because again, you can give them the information, right? You can give them the workouts, you can give them the nutrition, but breaking free of their bullshit stories is one of the biggest tools that these guys could probably use to, to actually finally do the work. They have the plan. Now they need to execute the plan and all these stories are what's preventing them from executing the plan. I like that. So if, if, so what would, so obviously you know some of these people that are listening might, might engage with you, hopefully engage with you and check out, check you out. So what might they expect to hear from you with regards to how to break out of their story? Mm. Um, how to break out of their story. Well, that kind of goes back. I think I would, it's going to start being adding some of the things that I add, like, okay, you can go to the gym and you can eat this way, but you also need to create, you need to go for a walk in the morning, put your cell phone away, you know, make some more time for yourself. Cause I think you got to put number one, if you, you got to invest time in yourself before you can invest it in the people in, at the workplace and your family. <laughs> and Love it. It's like, you need to feed, you got to feed the King first before you can feed the kingdom. Um, and creating the space, whether it's in, you know, meditation or, or, um, in, the, bringing these people aware, aware that, okay, you have a problem in your head. How does that problem make you feel? And what is that story? And now how can we, how can we flip it? What if the opposite was true? Just kind of like we talked about, but trying to give them a tool similar to that so that when it happens at work or at home or their partner or their wife, they can just take a deep breath. Maybe, they'll get to the point where they can walk away and say, okay, I, I know, I know my triggers now. I mean, I still don't know all my triggers. I, I get triggered as shit every day. And I'm like, <laughs> but, but me being knowing that I, okay, okay, I'm getting triggered. This is, I'm, Oh my God, these stories are going crazy. All right. I just need to take a step away. I need to kind of tap in and see what this is all about. Yeah. I don't have the exact tools for that, but I know that it goes something like that. 
yeah, no, I think you're spot on because my my biggest moment of clarity came when I joined the mastermind, and one of the first things they said, I was severely depressed at the time. They as so, and my doctor said it as well. He was going to put me on antidepressants, and he said, "So, what are you doing for you?" And I said, "What do you mean?" He said, "Well, what are you doing for Joe?" And I said, "Well." I get up, go to work. I work overtime till six, seven o'clock, come home, see the kids, have my food, go to bed. And he went, yes. So what's Tuesday look like? <laughs> it's like Tuesday was the same. So, cause you go all in and you, and you, and, and everything's going all, you know, and all your energy is going to other things, but being able, cause it sounds right. It's still, it's still niggles with me. Like this super selfish. Do you know what I mean? It sounds, it sounds super selfish. But once you understand that you can't fill anyone else's cup until you filled your own, was you know, and even even knowing that, now it still bothers me that it still sounds selfish. But, but that's that's the story, right? Yeah, hundred percent. That's yeah. the story. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, I think it. I think it, with any of it, with anyone, you have to invest in yourself, love yourself, put Ooh. put the time in yourself. And it sounds selfish initially, it does. But then you're like, wait, a little bit of selfishness to pour out loads of love and compassion and time and energy. I think it's a great trade-off. Oh, 100%. Yeah, totally agree with you. Yeah, I'd, uh, I'd never go back. And uh, I carve out time for myself now by like walking to work and having time to listen to an audio book on the way in. Or... Um, we go to the gym now, so we're going back to the gym and just making that, you know, even if it's half an hour, an hour, I get up early, I do my yoga. So, yeah, it's uh, it's it's crazy the difference that can make to you your life when you actually do it consistently and regularly on a you know on a yeah on a constant basis. And I think um, a lot of people were so stuck in certain like habits, routines, and oftentimes we have to just break these old routines and habits, like your yoga. When you get out, of, when you don't do your yoga, you feel like shit, right? Yeah. Right, same thing, like you, there's so many rituals and routines and habits that we need to stop the old way and add something new, and it's amazing what that does for you. Um, and if you can do that in the first part of the day, when it's quiet and when you haven't really, the monkey brain hasn't started, it's, it's much more powerful. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of people out there probably don't even realize what their triggers are to habits. You know, I was, I was listening to something the other day and they were saying like, if you come in and put the telly on, um, do you pick up the remote and put the telly on? Well, move the remote, <laughs> like a, uh, move it to the other room. So you've actually got to go and get it. So you've got the opportunity to interrupt that pattern, you know? Right. Or you could just get rid of the TV. Oh, <laughs> I can't see people doing that. Well, <laughs> you did fair play. Gone. This is, this screen is the only TV I have. And my daughter, um, I don't even know that I don't have it anymore. It's really weird. You know, I'm like, people are like, did you watch this football game? And I'm like, no, no, I didn't. I don't, I don't have a TV. And my daughter, I'm like, how can I give, how can I not let my kid have a TV? And I'm like, one Netflix, 
Netflix, one Netflix show a week. That's our TV. We're, we're reading and, you know, we're dancing and reading and it's weird. I don't even know. I don't have a TV anymore. That's cool. I tell you what I'd, I'd love to do. I'd love to, uh, like on your life, ask your daughter to say how she feels about <laughs> not having a TV. Cause I got three kids and I'd love for them to hear it. <laughs> That'd be interesting, man. That's brilliant. Fair play, man. That's awesome. Because, I mean, we got rid of them from our bedroom because uh, we're big into our sleep. So we, got, we did the, the entire ritual with the sleep habits um, and got them rid of them from our bedroom. So it's like we got rid of them from our – our daughter didn't have one. Our youngest son had one. That went. But now my eldest son is 14, and he's, he's into his Xbox. Oh. So it's, it's this type of phase, you know, where it's like, so yeah, that's, that's what I'm currently going through with him at the moment. Like, so, Let me ask you this. You said, what do you think about, you're talking about sleep habits. Us crazy adults who sleep, do you sleep with your cell phone in the room? It's in the room, but it's sort of in the corner of the room of the way. I just, this has given a game changer for me putting the cell phone outside of the room. Like, I, I don't, it's, it's weird when it's there. And even if you have a, your excuse for having it in there is because that's your alarm, right? Yeah. That is mine. <laughs> and then I noticed when I'd wake up, I just kind of like check it real quick and like put it back down. I didn't realize how it was negatively affecting my sleep. So Laura, my wife and I, I'm like, what if, what if we put the phones just outside the room and I battled with it. I'm like, Oh my gosh, what's going to happen to me? <laughs> well, I'll tell you if I wake up now, like now it's just like, oh, it's not, there's, you know, and I hear the alarm going on outside the room. All right, it's time to get up. And I go out and turn the alarm off. And I'm like, game changer, man. Yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. Uh, we had, we had alarms, but I, my daughter nicked one. Um, so the phone come back in because then she she had pinched the alarm clock. So I got to get another alarm clock. Yeah, right. That that for me was a big difference because having to get up to turn that alarm off meant when I turned it off, I was right next to the sink, which meant I could clean my teeth straight away. And so the day begins. You know, it's just those triggers, putting those little things in, the little cues in place. Yeah. So yeah, super 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 powerful. Um, you mentioned something just now as well, which uh, I found. I still find it a little bit difficult to say is that uh, you love you. You know, I mean, as men, we're not taught to even think along those lines. Um, and, I've, and I've done a little practice with the kids uh, the other day. My, my eldest son was feeling a little bit low and he was, he was playing up. So I asked everybody in at the table to give us something that they liked about him or, or thought he was good at. And they all come back with different comments. Like he was funny, he's, he can be caring, he can be kind, uh, he's happy. Um, and when we read them back to him, he was like, yeah, okay, and he took it. And I said, right, and I gave him the sheet of paper. I said, right, now you read it. And he, he said, no, and he really got like, real stubborn. And he, he wouldn't read it. And then <laughs> I said, come on. And then he started to read it. And as he was reading, he was choking up. He was, do you know what I mean? It was all emotion. And I thought, how, how have I allowed my, you know, my son to 
not be able to process that emotion and understand his worth. So I mean, and I mean, and I'm guilty of it myself because I, I struggle with saying I love you. I can say it, but it's something like it's mirror work. In it, it's uh, have you heard that saying like saying things to yourself in the mirror? So you, oh, yeah, <laughs> all the time. So yeah, it's it's that's that's what I'm probably working on. Yeah, but I just wanted to tell you that little story. So uh, no, I I love that man. <laughs> I I I'm a huge advocate of that and. Um, I think that whole principle was one of the reasons I had a divorce. Um, I, I, looking back on this now, I can say this, this per, uh, the, the mother of my child, there was a lot of lack of self-love and I'm thinking, man, I'm a complicated dude, man. How, how is this woman going to love me if she can't? she can't fill her own cup and love herself. And I don't know if that's going to sound not compassionate or harsh, but now I look at it for me. And if I don't give myself the self love, like I realize I'm not going to be able to give to other people. And the way you did that was excellent. My daughter, she's kind of, she's nine and she's kind of going, I don't know. I would say maybe some struggles. I think some confidence things, but she's like an incredible dancer and a roller skater. She, I mean, she won like the gold medal for her, uh, for nationals in the U S and I literally went through pictures. I did, instead of having something right, I went through all of the pictures of all of the competitions where she won medals. I'm like, do you know how that is? Oh, do you know who this is? And I, at her dance, I showed her videos. I'm like, do you know who that girl is dancing and who just did that? And that was my way of kind of trying to build her up. And do you, like, do you know how many kids do that? Do you know some kids don't even go to, get to go to dance class? And that was, I was trying to fill her cup. Yeah. Give her some tools to say, okay, you know, when I'm feeling though, maybe I can look at my, a bank of pictures and say, wow, I've done, I've done stuff, a lot of stuff for a nine-year-old girl, but I like, I like your way. I'm going to have to, I like your way too. <laughs> I love, I love your way. We it's kind of like what we did on Thanksgiving. We just kind of went around and said like, what, what are we thankful for? But you're doing it in a way to, to help your son, which is great. Like writing it down. I thought that was cool. Yeah. I love, uh... I definitely like what you just said there. So I'm going to, I'm going to see if I can incorporate that too, because uh, I'll never stop learning ways to motivate and influence the kids. Yeah. Um, yeah um, okay. So um, you've obviously had some big changes in your life. Um, so going from when you were a youngster to the next, so let's have a look. You, you mentioned, you mentioned college. So maybe go past college, however far you need to go to another point of big change in your life what, what what what's the story going on there for yourself um so maybe in your, your 20s mid mid late 20s mm. i don't know if i'm going to answer this question correctly uh i feel like so being in the medical profession literally that you become your environment right 
Right. So I, I did, you know, I was in school for eight years and getting out of, of medical school and going and practicing and it was, and I'm, I'm making money now, but I, I didn't, oh man, that environment, it, it's, it's, it's toxic oftentimes. And so I'm in this environment and I'm thinking, I made it. I freaking made it. And, and I will say, I, um, in my late 20s, before I was a dad, I, I got involved in a bad environment because when I was outside of the ER, I wanted to, I didn't have that, that you, you know, you're in there and it's crazy and chaotic and adrenaline's going. And when I'm out, I'm like, I want adrenaline. I want chaos. And I did, I got involved with some bad people, man. I mean, you, some people would say, Oh, they're just partying and whatever. But I did. And I was, I was finding other ways of giving myself adrenaline and it was in the form of chemicals. And I remember, I mean, I can tell you all the way up until I, I mean, till my mid twenties, 27, I'm 40 now. I would, I was thinking I would never do drugs. I mean, what are you doing? That's the stupidest. I see people overdosing in the ER. Like, I don't know how you could do that to yourself. And I found myself doing it. And I'm not talking marijuana, man. I'm talking like. Heaviest stuff. <laughs> and I don't know. I mean, and I was, I was, I, and it was like, okay. So when I'm outside of work, I'm going to be, I'm divvy, I'm, I'm diving in that. And there's, you know, party and staying up late and high society. And then I found that when I was at work, I wanted it too. So I'm having the adrenaline of work and, you know, helping save, you know, help people with their, their health issues. But I want to feed that, that little demon going on inside of me too. And I tell you what. And then my daughter was born and I was like, what the hell are you doing, man? Like you, you are, you're going to massively destroy another person's life. Like if you're, what if something happens to you? If you get, if you do too much of that stuff. And I, I thought I was like, I've got this. I can, I can control this. I can, I'm, I'm strong. I'm, I'm strong enough, but I'm like thinking, Oh my God, that was a stupid story. I was telling myself. Um, but her, she really changed my life. I mean, her being born and me going, okay, dude, you've got another human that you're responsible for. You need to let, you need to let those, those people go, those friends. It sucked too. Um, I even, you know, you let some people like that go in your life and they look, they judge you. <laughs> they judged me. Oh, you're too good for us now. Oh. That's a good one. <laughs> that was, to me, that was painful though. But the biggest thing, I think I've already mentioned it, that caused change was three, over three years ago when I went through a divorce. And I realized, man, I thought life was good and now life is I was in, I mean, you're talking about darkness. I was in the drizzling shits of life. And I was thinking about going, you know, you've ever heard of the San Francisco bridge? Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to be there. 
No way. And um, man, that was that was when I that I was like that ultimate pain. I don't know how I crawled. I, I don't know how I I got out of that shithole, but um, that was what made me change. That trauma, that pain, and me thinking, "Oh my God, I just ruined, I just ruined a family. I just broke up a family." But that was again, that was a story I was telling myself. Yes, I did not do, I didn't do my best. I didn't even know what my best was at the time. I still don't know what my best is, but like. I could have done a lot of things better. And that's why I think this, um, my relationship with my daughter is, is grown so much in this relationship with my wife. Now I was like, Oh, I get a second chance, man. And, and I did everything different and, and it wasn't even, it was far, it's still far from perfect, but there's this thing I, it's this voice that says it's never too late. Yeah. It's never too late. You obviously grabbed that with two hands. Oh, dude. It's never too late. And things are still tough sometimes, but I have a lot, you know, there's a lot. Of, I, it's, you know, as humans, we like to look at all the bad stuff, right? Oh, my God. I'm, my health isn't where it needs to be. My family, my money, that I, but then sometimes we need to take a deep breath and just chill. And for me anyway, and go, I need to think about the things I'm grateful for. And be that you asked a question like 30 minutes ago, being grateful seems to put all the, the negativity and, and problems by the wayside. I think it's underrated. What do you think? Uh, it's part of my journaling routine. I, I end the day on my three gratitudes. And my, I like, my try and spin, like if I've had a particularly tough day or with like my boy's behavior or something, I will still make myself thankful for him so I can lose the resentment towards the behavior. I mean, so turn, turn it into a positive. So yeah, it's super powerful uh, gratitude. Um, I don't, I don't know how many people actually do it. That's the thing. I mean, it's all over the self-help groups and everything, you know. And, and do they do says, it? Um, I don't know. I mean, I got I got friends in different masterminds that you know they they're they posting daily what they gratitude, and I sincerely believe that those people are they they're that way, they're geared that way. But like people in my works that are maybe um, becoming more self-aware, I don't think they're doing it as religiously as they should be doing it which is daily. Do you know what I mean? I mean, yes. Craig, think of how many, well, especially yourself in your shoes. I mean, I remember my dad, he used to say, if you used to walk past the cemetery and I'd, or I'd say I'd had a shit day, my dad would say, there's plenty of people in the graveyard that'd love to be where you are. Yeah. You know? And you've got that daily. That's uh, seeing all types of messed up stuff. I, can, you know, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know where to start. But, uh, yeah, great f gratitude. Hmm. And I, I, I remember thinking, if I had to think about when someone first told me, man, you need to just write in your journal the things you're grateful for. And I'm like, oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds so, oh, that's going to take up too much time. And it sounds silly. But now it's, 
I mean, even on these little mini walks when I'm at work and my, my head's going, you know, my brain's going crazy. I'm like, oh man, I'm so thankful for, I'm so thankful just to be able to go for this walk. You know, I'm so thankful just to wake up this morning. So thankful for my wife, my daughter, so thankful for this nutritious food. I mean, I'm so thankful for my experiences. Yeah. I think that being, you know, all these experiences, which we think are negative and bad and oh my God, it was so painful. It, but it, at the end of the, on the other side, it's huge growing, growing point. And it's where you get to help other people overcome. Yeah. I mean, look at the things you can call back on there. Yes. That's massive life experience. Yeah. That's uh, it's pretty cool. I like your beard, man. That's a- <laughs> it's going a little bit badgery. <laughs> Gray on either side. Yeah, I asked, I, I'm not going to lie. There, there's a little bit of color. i to put some color in every now and then, but whatever. <laughs> whatever. Okay, so let's, let's fast uh, forward a few years for yourself now. Have you got, firstly, have you got a hard finish? Are you you want a time limit or are you okay to carry on? Yeah, let's go. Yeah. Um, that was, yeah, let's go. Okay. Just, Um, okay. Um, can you touch on a little bit of how you view and deal with obstacles in your life? I know you've sort of touched it on already, but just to pull it out for people to maybe go away and try and implement in their lives. Obstacles. Hmm. Here's a good one. You can't be scared to ask for help. I like that. I like that. And oddly enough, I did that last night with my wife. <laughs> I, I was just talking to my wife last night. And man, I, re- I remember thinking, you know, as men, we think we can, we have an answer. We want to fix stuff all the time. And we have answers and we're strong. We can get through this. But r- realizing that like, okay, this is something I don't know the best way to get through this and I know I need to do something about it. And I don't know if this book is going to be able to help me. And I don't know if this conversation with this person, yeah, they, maybe they, they brought some nice insight that I can think about, but actually really asking for help. I think that's powerful. And I think as men, we don't do it enough. So a real obstacle like that, something you really want to get to the bottom, I think asking for help. I think people would be surprised if they ask for help, the response from other men, even if they're not very self-aware. But it's just losing that bullshit of, I'm a man, I can do it on my own. (laughs) I know that's probably not as as deep as you wanted to dive on that, Joel, but asking for help. And I've realized, me for myself, sometimes it's, it's that simple, like, I've tried to get through this by myself. The stories are going crazy. Um, I don't know the next step or, or the, the next step is not, it's not working the way I want it to. I need to, I need to ask someone. I need to talk to someone. I need to ask for help. Cool. Okay. Um, okay. So on to the next one then. So looking back into the future, can you tell me a story about something that, amazed you 
when it and being amazed wasn't what you expected. So yeah. So something that maybe started out as a negative or turned into a positive or, you know, something that inspired you or something that motivated you or. Ah. Does it have to, uh, so I kind of touched on it. You know, this is going to sound a little woo woo too, right? When I told you I was doing, you know, doing this ritual of asking for things like, or telling myself, I don't give a crap what anyone thinks. And then saying, I'm building my kingdom and my wife is coming. And then she came and she literally, she showed where my daughter and I, we were taking salsa dancing classes and this woman shows up and she's, she's the woman that I was, that I was calling for. And I, no, no, that amazed me. I don't know what kind of, I don't God, the universe, you know, all this stuff, this, that clearly you've been working on and a lot of people, the self development. I'm just like, this is something far past that. Um, def, definitely God in the works there, but, and then seeing that kind of transform, like we start dancing together and I'm like, wait a second, this girl's going to be my girlfriend. And then like, we, it's just, actually she was never my girlfriend. It was like, I met this girl and then she was way more than my girlfriend. And then here it is. I mean, talking about compounding time, like, end of January, beginning of November in 10 months, we're married. And that was, and that was, that was, I was, it's amazing because it was, I was so clear. The clarity and the certainty in knowing exactly what I wanted and then it's showing up that, that made me go, it wasn't like, Oh, let's give it some time. We'll wait two or three years and see how it goes. It was like, okay, I asked for it. It's it, it, here. It is, man. You asked for it. Here it is. Now you need to go. You need to go all in. Do you believe I, in the law of attraction? I believe in I, I believe I do believe in that, but I don't, I don't know if I would, it's not like the law of um, like the secret. Yeah, yeah. Like this, this is something different, man. This is like, this is, I don't even know. I don't like to say I don't know, but this was something it's far. I guess it could be that. I think you basically you manifested your wife and, and we, I took, we were talking about it and she said she, she prayed for this, you know, whatever. And that, but you know, part of it was part of the meditation and, and I'm just, I didn't, I didn't know that was going to be my answer when you asked me that question. That's, that's an awesome way. Cause you mentioned woo. So I wondered where you were going to go. Cause uh, I, I believe in stuff that probably people would class as woo, woo but only because I've had experience. And for me, it's, proven true you know um but i totally relate to that and totally into what you've just said um the from what i know and from what i've read with your meditation and getting clear and doing the you know i don't give a and then my kingdom is coming so is my wife you you must have been engaging in the thoughts and the emotions of those things 
and basically you brought them into the now and that's freaking awesome. Think, just think of the potential of that. I mean, if people it, could actually... It's crazy. That. People are going to watch this or listen to this and think this is abs- these guys are absolutely mad, which is, which is fine. I'm okay with... I've come to grips with that I'm crazy. I'm not psychotic, but I'm crazy. But when you asked me that question, I was initially thinking, my daughter coming into my life and how that really changed me. But then I was like, no. Just think about the most recent thing, which is... I mean, that's that story. It's just like... I'm going to be able to tell people this story and it's, it's endless and it's, it's, it's powerful. And it's, it's true. I mean, me thinking to myself, Oh my God, what am I doing in this park? Or what am I doing in this garage pounding on my chest? And then there she is. I'm like, okay, dude, you can't, (laughs) here it is. Here's your second chance. You asked for it. Now, what are you going to do with it? So did that, what did that look like then? So how did that go? Once you'd made that decision. Well, I was, and I told, I didn't even tell her until months later that I was like, when we met, I knew, I knew you were going to be my girlfriend, but we, we were, it wasn't even like, this is my girlfriend. This is like, this is my woman who ultimately is going to be my wife. Um, we, we started like voicing, we, oh, so the main thing in that was being, what we talked about earlier, completely honest about everything. No hiding, no hiding, raw and real. We talked about the first that in the first conversation and just that that's liberating. And the fact that we could be free and liberating and, um, and we both showed up. We were both, when we said we were going to do something, we did it. And us continuing to do that over and over, we, I think we were both like, oh, yeah, this is it. And then I was in the place where I'm like, I don't, there's no, I, I'm, four, I'm, I'm 39. I don't, I don't need any more time. I know what I want. The clarity was right there. I was like, okay, we'll let a little bit more time pass. And then it's time, it's time to make it happen. Thank you. I'm going to, I can't wait to stop beating my chest tomorrow morning. <laughs> <laughs> We'll talk more about that. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Okay, so that's, a, that's truly an amazing story. I'm glad you shared that. Um, so looking into the future now, a couple of years, maybe five to ten, what's the craziest, most exciting thing Tyler Stanley could be doing? Okay, this is easy. So I'm giving myself, I won't say the exact, actually I will. I'll profess this. Within two years, I'm going to be out of the medical profession and just strictly working with men, dads, helping them to reclaim health, fitness, and doing it with by community and breaking through these stories. And I don't know exactly what it looks like, but I know it looks, I know it's strong and I know it's powerful. And I know that men need this. They need it. 100%. there's a lot of people who need help and I feel like men are, they're starting to reach. I mean, they've been reaching out, but now that I'm, I think relating to the, knowing that you can relate to these guys feelings, you probably know this too. Like knowing that you're experiencing the same struggles they are, it makes them more want, uh, it makes them want to ask for help more. They're like, Oh man, this, he's a lot of, he's a lot like me. Um, he goes through the same stuff. Maybe he can help me with this. 
I talked to a guy yesterday and like, he's got, he's great in business. He's fair in his relationships and he sucks in his health. And I'm thinking, and I'm talking to him on the phone. I'm like, why can't this guy just transfer his business skills and his knowledge and things he knows over to his health? Cause he's given advice on business. Like here's the plan. You need to execute the plan. And he's saying, I don't know why my clients, I give them, they pay me for the plan, but now they're ex- not executing. I said, why can't you do that with your health? <laughs> yeah. why and he said, I need, I, I just needed to pull my head out of my ass and ask someone for help. And I'm like, do you think, why'd you pick me? And he said, um, I just saw these videos and I saw, he said he saw something in my eyes. I don't know what, I don't know if it's me, like a barbarian beating on his chest. I don't know. No, I think that's what I see. Helping men and helping and helping dads with, especially with their health and knowing that they need to put, they need to pour, pour that energy into their own cup so they can give out to the rest of the, you know, their family their partner, their kids have energy in the workplace. I think that's, that's what I see. That's what I see when I'm on top of the mountain at the end of my meditation. I like that. I think you go, I know you're going to get there. If you've manifested a wife, you can manifest anything. So, uh, yeah. I, okay. So brilliant. I can't how about wait. You? How about you? How, where do you see this, this, this move, this podcast going? Uh, Okay, so what, five to ten, I see myself uh, coaching full-time. I'd like to have some form of community, but I really enjoy the interaction with people on podcasts. I'd love to have a studio similar to like Brian Brian Rose. It's not just screen to screen. You can actually engage and feel, feel the emotions as well as just like pick up on body language and stuff, you know? Because, yeah, just that connection. You don't get a chance to have conversations like this with people in, in everyday life, Tyler, you know? Yeah. And it sucks. <laughs> Do you like it? I love it. I love it. So seriously, I, it, it pumps me up. I, I really, really enjoy it. And, and being able to share that and put this out with other people, I hope they pick up on it. I've had people come up to me in work, and they, some of them think I'm barking. But And I've had people come up and say, oh, you know, that's a really good podcast episode. I enjoyed that, like, you know? People are not talking about these sorts of things over here. Well, mm-hmm. I'm not in the circles I'm in. How many, um, how many podcasts do you have? How many episodes? I think we're up to 18. 18. Yeah. Who has been the, who's your person you've interviewed that has positively affected you most? Um, positively affected me most. Or influenced you, or okay, uh, Jason McKenzie. That's funny you say that because that was the one podcast that I listened. My Laura and I listened to when you contacted me. No way. That was the only one, and I, and I knew of Jason because he was part of a, like the uh, Dad's Edge or something, and I was like, this is. This sounds like conversations I have with dads and my other men. And I'm like, if this if this is what they're talking about, I'm in. Like, I want in. 
Cool. Do, do you know him now? Uh, just, just through like the, you know, some communities on social media and stuff. Yeah. I was going to say, I, I could, I could hook you up, do an introduction if you wanted, cause I know he's got his own podcast as well. What did you, uh, what did you resonate most with him? What did you like? Oh, oh he's got a hell of a story, Jason. Uh, and he's written a book. Um, he's, he's got a, a very different way of looking at things compared to how I would look. I mean, I was, I was the stuff I said to him and he spun it and he's thought of a completely different way that, and just being able to have that extra perspective is, and it's just, it, yeah. And I, and the thing is the only thing that gave him that perspective was all the shit he'd been through in life, you know? Yeah. So <laughs> the, the, shit, the shittier, the shittier things you've been through, the more perspective you can call on, then yeah, man, it's, uh, it's, it's super powerful, you know, and people don't always realize that the struggles and, and, and the adversity is, is where all the lessons and, and all the growth is, you know? Yeah. But I, have a, I think that a lot of that comes with reflection with age. Yeah, I agree. I agree. No, he, he, I definitely like that podcast. Uh, there were a lot of things he said and talking about his daughter, and I'm like, man, this I, this, I feel like I'm in the middle of this conversation with you guys. So I really, I really like that. Cool, man. Yeah. I, just did. I really, really enjoyed today talking to you. I hope you stay in touch. No, for sure. Definitely. Cool, man. Cool. So, okay. So would you mind telling my audience where they can find you and on what platforms? Oh my goodness. So Instagram, uh, Tyler Stanley underscore dad bod. Um, stoked, uh, stoked life for dads on Facebook and www.stokedlifewellness.com. And there you have it. Um, and then the 30 day challenge for men starting January 1st. Oh, um, tell us more. Tell us more. Yeah. So that's going to be kind of what we talked about. That's bringing the path. This is what I call the trifecta. Oop. The path the identity, and the community. So the path is the easy stuff. That's the nutrition, the diet, the supplements, the workouts. The identity, that's what we talked about. Where are you now? Where do you want to be? And what do you need to do to become the man you want to become? And that's, that includes the vision and, and, and the personal work, you know, the stories and getting those stories out of the way. And then, of course, the other part, the environment, the culture, the community bringing those all together. Uh, yeah. So we're going to start that January 1st. It'll be my, and I'm sick and tired of challenges. Like I see all these challenges, the 30 day challenge, da, 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 da. And you know, they kill you, they murder you in the gym and they restrict your calories. And for men, we, we can't, we can't live like that. We can't eat like that. We need to eat and live according. Um, you know, we have a, a special hormone. It's called testosterone. But you hear that and you're like, oh, that's a bad word. But that's, that's what we thrive on. And we need to eat that way. And we need to live lives that cater to that. And um, yeah, I, this, 30, this challenge is just going to be that 30 days. But that's not where we're going to stop. We're going to keep going after that. That's just going to be kind of breaking, breaking the old habits and routines and getting adapting new ones. Okay, sounds cool. Because I'm going to put a link in everything on there. When this goes out, there'll be a link on the on 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 the 
the Facebook and on my Shout Engine and on iTunes to, to your stuff. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Man. Awesome, man. Well, thank, you. thank you so much, Joel. I appreciate it. No worries, man. It's been, a, it's been an honor to have you on. If, uh, I've thoroughly enjoyed our conversation. So thank you for listening today. I hope you enjoyed it. My name is Joel Ingram, and I am a certified NLP coach. I help passionate, resourceful, and professional people who feel stuck and unfulfilled with aspects of life to rewrite their narrative and chronicle a new, engaging, and captivating future. Please subscribe if you found benefit. That's awesome. Yeah, man. Let me know if you need some help with uh, your other endeavors, your, uh, the gym, nutrition, all that. Okay, yeah, brilliant. Yeah, I'd love to... Yeah, I'll touch back in you because uh, I'm work in progress. I'm going to be posting some pictures soon. Uh, showing, I don't know if you can call it a transformation. I, 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 my last photo, I looked ill <laughs> compared to how big I was at one point. So, yeah, I'll, uh, I will be tapping you up at some point. That's okay. Of course, man. Of course. Okay. Tyler, thank you very much, sir. Have a fab day. Thank you, you too, Laura. <laughs> I'll see you soon. See you soon, brother. All the best. Good job. Yes, Tyler.